The Theology, Medicine, and Culture Initiative at Duke Divinity School convened a gathering in March 2017 titled Taking Our Meds Faithfully, Christian Engagements with Psychiatric Medication, supported by the McDonald Agape Foundation. We invite you to join us for some of these conversations. My name is Brett McCarty. I'm a doctoral candidate in theological ethics here at Duke Divinity School, where I work closely with the Theology, Medicine, and Culture Initiative. And it's my joy today to be joined by Brandon Applehans, Executive Director of My Quiet Cave in Denver, Colorado. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Brett. So just tell us a bit about you and your work. Yeah, I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 14 years old, and it took a number of years to get medicated well. Um, I went to seminary after hearing some just terrible things from churches, like if you had enough faith, you wouldn't have to take your meds. And if you really believed, you would just be healed. And when I went to seminary, I found that there just wasn't a discussion around mental health. And it wasn't that churches didn't know what to do, it's that they didn't know they needed to do something. So we started My Quiet Cave to ask the question, how do we engage churches so that they can engage mental health? And uh, so we wrote curricula to do that and started leadership programs for pastors so they can learn about different mental health issues and um, just started building ways within our community to engage churches so they can engage mental health. Great. Well, tell us a bit about the specifics of your work with My Quiet Cave. You mentioned some of that just now, but uh, particularly also your Overcome curricula. Yeah. It's an eight-week program we designed with Bethel Counseling. The whole idea was to ask the question, what does it look like to be a beloved son or daughter in the midst of a mental illness? Because normally, if it's depression or anxiety or bipolar or schizophrenia, there's this label attached to me. I am bipolar. I am depressed. I am schizophrenic. And that label becomes an identity. And so the curriculum begins with tangible tools. What do I need to get well? And then we share our stories together, and then we delve into that identity. What does it actually mean to be a child of God? So that instead of saying, I'm bipolar, this is all there is to me. I'm defined by my illness. I can say, no, I have tangible tools, and I know other people who love me and care about me, and they've heard my story and I was safe. And on top of that, I know I'm valuable and I'm good in the midst of this. So there's actually hope for me coming out of it. As you do your work, what are some of the particular blessings and also challenges you experience? <laughs> the blessings and the challenges are all people. Mm. Uh, the blessings, you, you get to watch people experience some of the most beautiful times in their life. We get to watch people go through programs and then say, I want to be trained to facilitate this because it made such a big difference for me. And I know that I matter now because of this. Um, we had one couple go through, overcome it. It's very Genesis that said, I was just diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I figured out how to manage my bipolar disorder and how to manage myself with this and because of this our marriage is still alive and we're still doing well and we're doing better all the time because we understand that we're valuable and good. Uh, so it's great to see people flourish and then turn around to help other people flourish. On the flip side, uh, some of the hard parts are one, when you get to watch people who want to flourish until they find out what works involved and then they want to back out of that. And I think that's the same with any medical treatment at all is this will work if we give it time and space 
and really give it a lot of effort. Uh, I think that's what we want to believe. And then when someone comes in and says, actually, I was willing to give this an hour instead of my life to make it better. Uh, I think the sad part about that is you can watch it short circuit the process and say, I am so sorry, but you might go through the next 20, 30 years without ever actually doing the work to maintain yourself or get better instead of going through an incredibly intense period of a year or two in order to get better long term. And I wonder if you could extend that some to the families and friends and church communities that surround and walk with those with mental illness or you know, what type of work do they need to be willing to do? Absolutely. Well, if you see someone with a mental illness, we kind of have a checklist of things they should do, right? We can label them out. They need a psychiatrist because they probably need meds. They need a therapist because they definitely need therapy. They need to do good self-care. They need to sleep and exercise and eat well. And they definitely need hope. And they definitely need a community. But then when we're talking about a community around them, it seems like we all just orbit around that person. And we stop taking care of ourselves. We stop doing anything to make sure that we're well. And when we do that, we end up really hurting ourselves and hurting the person that we're trying to take care of. Because if I have bipolar disorder and you're trying to care for me, and you stop eating and stop taking care of yourself because I'm the priority. It doesn't take very long before you're grumpy and angry at me and and it's because you haven't had your basic needs met. So for a family member, we say everything that's true of a person with a mental illness, like those things are true for you too. If you need meds, you should get them. And you may not. That's great. But when it comes to therapy, you need a place to debrief what's going on in your life and continue to process. When it comes to self-care, you still need to do things to get out. When it comes to hope, if you don't believe this person is going to get better and you fall into hopelessness, you can't actually be a great help for them. And you'll really kind of destroy their life in some ways instead of holding hope for them until they can hold it for themselves. And then finally, if you don't have community, if you're trying to do this all alone, it feels like walking on eggshells trying to help somebody with a mental illness. You never want to do the wrong thing. You know, are they going to f spiral into a suicidal time if I say or do the wrong thing, if I'm not there at the right time? You don't want to drop the ball ever. And it creates the situation where I feel awful. But beyond that, there's other factors like can this person get psych uh, psychiatric treatment? Uh, do they have the ability to get therapy? What does it look like for them to build community? Because a lot of the time people are isolated, so building community is immensely difficult. Um, there's all sorts of facets that are playing into how well are they going to do three months, six months, two years, ten years down the line. As you think about the role of psychiatric medications in the Christian life, what are your thoughts? I think psychiatric meds are great. In my own case, I've been on the same meds for 16 years now. And in some ways, I feel like those are inspired. That, In some ways, we think of meds and say, do you have enough faith for God to heal you without meds? And I'd say, if God provides a way for a doctor to design a medication so that it's going to make my life possible. That's 
absolutely a co-creation kind of thing. And we should embrace that because that means I get to be me again. And regardless of am I challenged enough by not having enough faith or any of those questions, if the goal is to live well and be able to connect with God and connect with each other, I think meds can be a really, really key piece of making that happen. Great, great. And do you have any wisdom to share about how to think about how exactly psychiatric medications can be helpful? I mean, because um, you've mentioned the work that needs to be done alongside them. So how does that join up together? Yeah, psychiatric meds work to take away the huge downfall that you have. For instance, I have bipolar disorder. So if you're looking at bipolar disorder, and you have a normal person here, and then bipolar affects you, and your ability to do stuff goes down dramatically because now you're manic or depressed, and you're trying to find out where you're at. At least that's my story. What meds do is they bring you at least close to back to normal, but they don't accomplish life for you. You still have to figure out how do I integrate into life again? How do I learn how to do things again? How do I learn to be capable again? Uh, how do I make peace with myself and the pieces I hate about myself or that I love about myself? And how do I make peace with my family history? So they're one piece of those five pieces we talked about earlier when we talked about psychiatry, but then therapy and self-care and so on and so forth. Great, great. So what would you say to a Christian who's experiencing a mental health challenge and is considering using medication? Are there ways you've seen medications get in the way? But can you also talk about ways that medications have been really helpful? I'd ask them to have a good psychiatrist first and foremost because you want to have a psychiatrist that you trust that isn't going to give you 27 medications simultaneously when you don't know how those are necessarily going to interact with each other perfectly. Uh, and you want to feel comfortable because there's a big piece of if I trust the person in the chair across from me, there's a chance that I'll actually follow what they're doing. And that's key. Beyond that, I think you still need to take care of yourself. And you also need to prepare for a gauntlet. Normally, in my case, bipolar disorder, normally you don't get right meds right off the bat. It's normally a very long process. And it can be years long of med after med after med after med and side effect after side effect. And you just need to know that eventually we will continue to get better all of the time and you will get your life back. But be faithful to the process and know this might be really hard. And if we get it perfect the first time, if you go to your psychiatrist, they say, how about this one? And it works like a gem. That's fantastic, but that's not really common. And what would you say to churches who are trying to walk alongside those who may be taking psychiatric medications? It's also a long process. Uh, I think that when we see churches who get really excited about mental health, you see one guy in the congregation who has schizophrenia or bipolar or major depression or something. And we got him to his doctor, we got him to his therapist, we got meds, we're doing awesome. And then we find out that it's going to be two years probably until he finds the right medication and that he might be in this same boat more or less for an extended period of time. And know that there's nothing wrong with a church if he's not better. And your job as a church is to accept and love whoever this person is and care for them immensely. And they'll get better, they'll come around, 
but it's not in your control and you can't rush the process and you can't make it go faster. And he's doing his best a lot of the time. It's not his fault if the meds aren't right. So if we can build communities that are accepting and good where we share our stories with one another and create a space where there's not judgment or shame around that and there's gonna be transparency and then add patience to that, it can be a really beautiful process. Is there any other wisdom you'd like to share concerning the faithful use of psychiatric medication? Uh, don't stop. Yeah, if you find a med that works and you've got a major disorder, um, if your psychiatrist says, hey, I think we're good, that's one thing. But if you say, you know what, I'm feeling great, I think I need to just stop taking my meds, that's a really bad sign. I've seen more people than I want to ever actually list that have gone from fully functional to back into the middle of a bipolar episode or a depressed episode because they didn't consult with their psychiatrist. They just kind of did their own things on a whim. And psychiatrists are really helpful for really good reasons. Brandon, it's such a joy to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brett. For further interviews and other resources on Christian engagements with psychiatric medications, please visit our website, tmc.divinity.duke.edu.